This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Alexa, it's Dawny. What was the Villa score? Earlier today, Aston Villa beat Burton Albion 4 0. Great! In the EFL Championship match. Oh, yeah! They'll play in the EFL Championship this Saturday at 3 pm at home against Bolton Wanderers. Oh! When I go home late at night, this is a song that I really like to sing right now, so I'll play it for you. It's uh, called My Old Man. Villa moving through the gears really nicely. Through it goes to Adoma who takes it on. And in it goes. Well, he can't stop scoring. Welcome to the My Own Man Said podcast. I'm David Michael, the editor of MyOwnManSaid.com, and today we are. Uh, oh, 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 hello. We are in the uh, mecca that is Villa Park, and joining me, replacing the irreplaceable, or so he reckoned, Dan Rogers, is uh, Chris Budd. Welcome, Chris. Hey, I'm just holding the fort while Dan's off on the international scouting mission. Well, we're, we're doing a bit of scouting tonight because it's the uh, Aston Villa under-23s versus Brighton under-23s. Who are you looking out for, Chris? Tonight, it's Doyle Hayes in the middle with Lydon, who's you know, reportedly on his way and loan in January. James Bree is probably the, the standout sort of senior player on the field. And then Solomon at centre-back, he much talked about under-19s, 18s. Yeah, no, there has been a lot of hype about him, actually. It's only two players today with double-barrel names, which is... Bit of a letdown. If anybody was listening to a previous podcast, I'd issued a bit of a suspicion about all these... Uh, posh double hyphenated names that were suddenly playing for the Villa Academy and uh, they needed to get back to their working class roots but they've, they've got it down to two now so uh, and that's Corey Blanket Taylor who with that hair looks a bit of a Keenan Davis mark two but he's offside at the moment though yeah he's rocking the uh, the 1990s Tony Daly do <laughs> without the pace and the other guy being Jake Doyle Hayes who uh, actually I'm kind of looking forward to because he impressed in the League Cup games yeah he's tidy yeah, very really, like, v- technically good player and sort of didn't look out of place in the first team. Same with Leiden, who obviously hasn't featured since the uh, infamous relegation season, so it's interesting to see if he's developed. Or it was character-building, but also at the same time it was emotionally draining. That's why we haven't seen him for a while. He's been in rehab. He's only human. But <laughs> he's only human. The thing about guests on the show or co-hosts is uh, we, we normally pluck them from the whole tent. From obscurity. Give them a chance. Actually, we, we spoke uh, when I was first thinking of starting a podcast, I don't know, a couple of seasons ago, a year and a half ago. Yeah, it must have been. On a, on a frightfully exciting afternoon at Telford. Yeah. If I, I remember rightly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
good pizza though there. That's all I remember. Domino's at the away end. That's, that's all I remember of the of the Telford game. I actually asked you to if you're up for doing the soundtrack to it, but you just kind of fucked me off on that one. <laughs> you wouldn't let me sing the theme tune. You don't yeah. let me write the theme tune. That was, yeah, that was the problem. It was the Dennis Waterman problem. <laughs> I think Dan wanted to sing it. Which, uh, we had creative differences, which, <laughs> as everyone knows, it's, um, it's the death of most bands. And it took about a season to make up. Now it's time for Twitter with Tony. September 3rd. Watch Dunkirk. Heard news of North Korea nuclear test. Really need a peaceful world. Fighting on football pitches is enough. September 11th. No matter how everyone feels, we need you go behind the team to create the best VP atmosphere. Thanks to all standing together. September 23rd. A nervous win is a win. The extra practice after sessions bears back Conahurahan. Now to the next one, all lads. September 22nd. We hope we can make a 90s star team in the near future. Action, not rhetoric. September 26th. Confidence. 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 No more fears for away games. We're in the right direction. On to the next one. Cheers, all lads. Hashtag UTV. So, Chris, who are you? <laughs> You're a music man, as I alluded to. Yeah, I produce under the name Bud. My own artist project with Dead Mouse. All right. So I sort of do progressive-y, techno-y stuff in between shouting, falling asleep, and I generally thought, getting frustrated at Villa Park. I thought you were more a houseman than a techno man. A bit of both. Yeah, straddle. Both. <laughs> straddle both worlds. You do gigs around Birmingham and uh, beyond. Yeah, all over the world. The last decade has been... Um, Spent globe trotting with Ministry of Sound. Are you like on their roster? Or? Yeah, I've been global resident for the last literally a decade. Be a decade this year, actually. All right. Well. So since uh, I was a wee lad, and back when Villa were good, dare I say. Where have you been this year? Anywhere of note? This year I've actually been off the road. It's been locked away in studio mode, which is why I've been able to actually get to games again. But previously, it's been all over the Far East, uh, South America, States, all over Europe. The usual dance yeah. music mecca of Ibiza. It's all fun and games. When's the last time you, you did Ibiza? This year was a summer off, so it was last year, it would have been last summer. This year was the uh, give it a rest so year, if, I think. like, for example, last summer, what, typically, how many nights do you kind of play there? Yeah, I'll normally just get fly in and fly out and do it the safe way, otherwise right, things right. tend to get quite messy. The, yeah, longer yeah. You're the, the longer you're there, the more damage you do. Yeah. yeah. Hole 10, is that your... Uh... K4. K4? Oh. Row 10. Oh, okay. The, in, the infamous <laughs> Row 10. Normally we have lower Holt men on uh, the show, so uh, I, I don't know if we're, we're moving up in the world. Well, literally we are. Elevating. <laughs> Elevating. I think things are going upstairs. The next step is the boardroom, perhaps. Yeah, maybe. Right, let's get into the show and start with the three points. Point one, first back-to-back win since, do you know off the top of your head, Chris? April, the first and the fourth. Yeah, but that was April full, surely. I think it might have been. It was, it was against uh, Norwich, Norwich QPR. Norwich QPR, yeah. And those were both home games, so we could also match that in terms of back-to-back home wins with a, a win, obviously, against bottom of the table, Bolton. It should be a formality. I mean, we'll talk about the Forest game uh, in due course, but we'll just go through the second point, which is uh, Ross McCormack is uh, off to Australia. It's uh, early retirement for Mr McCormack. Uh, Heskey went there, didn't he? Went, who did he play for? The uh, Newcastle Jets... But normally you do go there when you're like 33, 34 to like play one or two last seasons. But McCormack going at 31 a bit early, which kind of says... Uh, fancies a point. <laughs> says all you need to know. It's a bit of a shambles, that as a signing, wouldn't you agree? I think to begin with, it was an obvious buy for where we wanted to be. It was the, supposedly the prolific championship strike. Was it three years running? Four years? Well, I, th- I think, yeah, as you said, I think they... And the they, Villa curse hit him. They saw the equation of, right, we're paying £10 million for 20 goals. Which in previous seasons you would have said would have been good business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I mean, failed I, miserably. I mean, you know, I, I, when you broke it down in the cold light of day, it was 10 plus million for somebody who was A, 30 years old, B, never played in the Premier League. So if we got promoted the first season or even the second season, he, he really is not going to feature when you're up there. So it's quite a big outlay. And C wasn't even in the Scottish team, which we both turned the Scotland team down when they came calling for the last international round. So, uh, But it wasn't my money. That's how I rationalised it. I don't know where it went wrong. I don't know if it's personal issues or... Well, there was obviously something going on that no one really knew about. Well, I think as I mentioned before, I mean, I, I kind of know that he's had, you know, personal problems. Uh, I mean, I don't want to go into it, but it's a couple of things, uh, one related to the other. Obviously, something went wrong. Uh, I think the Di Matteo uh, and Bruce switchover obviously uh, had an impact. But Bruce seemed to give everybody a clean slate. I mean, he even gave, like, Mika Richards and Gabby a clean slate. So, But it all flared up uh, in the first kind of few weeks of Bruce's reign, didn't it? Yeah, I think he just got he got wind quite quickly of the guys who just didn't have it between the ears. Yeah. The guys who didn't have the attitude for what he wanted to do or who weren't going to apply themselves. And it, From what had come out in the press later in the year, he just wasn't doing it in training or wasn't turning up to training. Or Yeah. Did you see that? It was a video of somebody following the Sheffield United manager around on uh, transfer deadline day. He mentioned that... Uh, Villa had come knocking trying to offload several players on like huge I think I think the figure 50 grand was uh, a week was uh, mentioned so I think that was Mika Richards probably Gabby and I'm, I'm sure that uh, the agent was also trying to get rid of McCormack wherever he could I think it's staggering you know that you think a lot of these loan deals you'll do a you know, 50% of the wages and you'd still be spending sort of 25 30 grand on guys who aren't necessarily going to slot into your team and do a job yeah it shows how much they're underachieving for the supposed value that they have I mean if you look at our, our squad and you look at Ross McCormack Mikhail Richards even Gabby if you imagine them if they were actually playing uh, let's say 75% of what we expected from them when they first signed or in Gabby's case, you know, had been, you know, he scored over 70 goals for Villa. We'd have one hell of a squad. Well, the, the depth that you would have, you'd literally have two, three players in every yeah. position. You'd have it would literally be an embarrassment of riches, in, especially in the forward positions. Problem is, we're still in the same position as we were under McLeish and Lambert, where we have players just draining wages out of the club and aren't, aren't actually contributing and active. But yeah. I, I wouldn't imagine uh, Melbourne City, where uh, Ross McCormack is expected to turn up on loan, will be playing all his wages. So at the end of the day, I think that's done and dusted now. I, don't, I can't see if Villa got promoted, there's no way Ross McCormack's playing for us in the Premier League after what's happened. His best bet is if we don't get promoted, because then obviously Codger and Coke you, the and the like will you know, disappear and he might have a role to play, but let's not even think about that. Uh, number three. Well, Mr Keith Wynas, who... Uh, Obviously picked up a... Oh, 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 oh. Villa, Villa almost taking the lead there in the second half against Brighton. Curling it just far of the post. Who was that? Was he? Sullivan, wasn't it, I think? Yeah. No, he looked all right, actually. Uh, Mr. Wynas, CEO of Aston Villa, after being banned for two weeks uh, by the FA for his Twitter action took on Trump, saying, please keep politics and politicians out of sport. This obviously refers to what's happening in the, the NFL, with uh, which all kick-started from Colin Kaepernick, formerly quarterback of the San Francisco 49, has taken a knee at the start of the game when they play the national anthem, not because he wasn't a patriot or a son of a bitch, like Trump was making out, but just to obviously express and try to raise the uh, issue of the lack of racial equality in America still, and uh, also what was happening in terms of the police and black citizens of the United States of America. I think it was a uh, thing of Trump getting involved in something that actually doesn't directly involve him and taking it very personally <laughs> again. But right. of course it does have to be about Trump all of the time. Well, I, I think it's, it's strategic. He's obviously doing it for a reason. because it's For the ratings. It's like divide and conquer is, seems to be the policy. You get people against each other because people united you can't really take on. So uh, Trump's obviously preaching to his, his audience and riling them up but it's getting a little bit too black versus white for my liking in terms of uh, him being progressive I think taking on the entire population of American sport (laughs) is probably not the way to go about retaining your uh, presidency in the long run no, but see what Wynus has done there? He's He's got politics into podcasts there, into sports podcasts. So by trying he's, to he's get it out... He's instantly been banned from the yeah. podcast. 
Right, we're banning Linus from the podcast. Two years, no mentions. Right, let's get into the Forest game, which in the end was a bit of a thankful win. Half time, it looked like it was going to be far more comfortable than it ended up, but it's kind of almost traditional at Villa. The uh, first half under Bruce, anyway, can be pretty good, and then his kind of inspirational half time talks seem to ooh, save. Relax everybody into a coma and allow the other team to get right back in it. Yeah, I think it was the, the, the same as last year, the standard let's win ugly every week. Just do the bare minimum, get the job done. I, I, would, I would like to say it was the half-time soup, but since it ran out... Denied. It, yeah, since it ran out this, at this under-23s game, we, wouldn't, we won't be able to pass comment on that. His first 11, is this the first 11 that... Uh, are you happy with it? I think it's close. And, and it looks strong. I, I mean, th- I think on paper it's not far off. I think he knows his... He clear, well, clearly knows his back four and goalkeeper. Yeah. Possibly right back, subject to change. I quite like Al Mohamedy. Yeah, back I think... Right back, I think technically he's the best footballer of the, of the group. He also offers... Ooh! Oh, saved by the Brighton keeper there. Post? Is it? All right. Yeah. Sorry, crap. Nothing to do with the Brighton keeper. He's not that good. I've just derated him. Yeah, the good thing about Elmo is that overlap. You've got Snodgrass, who's naturally left-footed, and so it's useful to have somebody who can overlap and whip it in, and he's probably got the best delivery of all the Villa right-backs at the moment. I think he's a willing runner as well. Yeah. You know, he's, he's, he has got an engine on him. He's willing to get up and down the field. And I think that's probably why Bruce brought him in. He knew exactly what he was going to get. Because in pre-season, he was very direct. Uh, when he was playing uh, in a, his more natural position of... Uh, yeah, he was more advanced, wasn't yeah. he? Mm. But when he got the ball, the first thing that came to his mind would be to take on the fullback. Ra- yeah. Rather than turn around and pass it back, as most of our right-sided players would do normally. Can you see any weaknesses? I mean, my two issues with that first eleven, and they're not issues because I... For me, this is, at the moment, the best that we've got. Is the question mark over Wieland versus Jedinak? I think because of Jedinak's international schedule and where he has to fly to and when he comes back, he's always knackered. There's going to be rotation between those two players. They're both, what are they, like... both at least 32 each I think so yeah Wieland's 33 yeah. so there's that factor as well so them, I, I kind of count them as one player at the moment and the other thing is just uh, what I alluded to uh, just then with Elmo is Snodgrass and Albert Adoma are both playing on wings of their opposite to their best foot so you've got Snodgrass left foot playing on the right wing Adoma right foot playing on the left wing I mean you know watching the forest this is obviously the second second game that they've played together uh, do you think playing two wingers on wrong foot is uh, an issue I don't think it's an issue if you win I think Snodgrass is probably of what we've got on the right hand side he's still the senior player he's obviously brought him into play he's not brought him here to, yeah. to make up the numbers Otherwise, he wouldn't have come. Yeah, I think he's on about forty thousand. So uh, at least so he's you now he's he's got to be one of the first names on the team sheet. Well, sorry, he's on sixty, but Villa are paying like forty, forty-five. Oh, now, I think I think those two as a as a pair on the right, they'll grow into their role. And I think Adoma is more natural to play on the left. I think he's much more of a willing runner. I think Snodgrass is very predictable. Yeah. You know what he's going to do. Everyone in the ground does when he gets the ball. You know he's going to cut inside. He doesn't really have a right foot, which may be why he hasn't necessarily like, elevated himself in the Premier League. I think a good fullback will always just show him down the line, and I don't no, think fi- he's got the right foot to deliver because, a quality ball. I mean, my, my, my dad always talks about this, is uh, this lack of two-footed players, because he reckons that he was very two-footed so, <laughs> in, his, in his heyday. But there isn't that many... Uh, Two-footed, play, genuine two-footed players who are getting, you know, people, there's players out there. Ooh, it's Keystone Cops goalkeeper. The goalkeeper's at the, the corner flag. The Brighton goalkeeper, an hour gone, still nil-nil. Villa transformed in the second half. Actually, they're doing all the attacking. But yeah, no, a lot of players who are predominantly one-footed getting paid a lot of money. Uh, that's the modern-day game for you. I think a lot of them are pl- paid to do a very specific role. Yeah, and they do that very well. But you don't have these kind of all-round guys who can can play multiple positions of course most notably the utility man of Champions League quality one Leandro Bacuna is now ventured where, elsewhere where are Reading in the league oh uh, yeah they're 18th now so obviously the Bacuna effect has kicked in hard he's well and truly dominating Reading playoff team last season signed Bacuna now they're thinking about how they're going to get out of this relegation battle that's ahead going back to couple of complaints from other fans were like the tempo of the Villa's performance I mean for a home game I mean Forest were alright but let's say they're a couple of players short of being a playoff contender 36% possession I mean similar 
against Barnsley as well as obviously Keenan Davis has been you know used as an out ball a long ball I mean what, what do you think of like the tempo and also the cohesion and I think we don't and haven't for years we haven't controlled games that's why I think so often at home you know, we'll, we'll take the lead but we won't ever push on or we'll be winning late on you just think we're not gonna you never fancy us to see the game out you're yeah. always twitchy because we never dictate the tempo that we want to play at we don't have that guy in the middle of the field who really breaks the game but we're quite a nice team to play against yeah. I think that's the, the, that was probably the reasoning behind the Whelan signing was to have to have that experienced yeah. holding midfielder but he's, he just doesn't seem to have either the, the legs at the moment I mean those those kind of players whose role I mean I, and I, I look to like Kevin Richardson as, a, as a, a better example they're players that I think the cliche term is to keep things ticking but all he seems to do is try to break things up now I think if you look back down the years um, fittingly on the night that Barry obviously breaks the all time record yeah. he's the kind of player that we've lacked for so long he's that guy who can put his foot on the ball and say this is how we're going to play and yeah. he'll dominate the game and he'll dictate the tempo to the opposition he'll do the ugly things well and the simple things which but, we still don't do but in the context of the championship we'd sign Yedinak and he was like going to be the main man at Palace we've got Snodgrass who used to be the main man at Leeds Norwich and Hurahan it's a great run by Bocket Taylor yeah should have scored in the end unlucky Villa really they, they need to they should win this game they totally control the second half but yeah so what I'm saying is we've got some big names at this level so you think why aren't they and Hurahan as well why aren't they become the main man almost like the conductor of games I think that's the thing we're lacking I think once we can start really dictating games I think you'll start to see the best of certainly Snodgrass I think some of our forward players I think when Grealish comes back if we can control games you'll get the best out of a Grealish even a Lansbury, these guys who want to get the ball down and play it along the floor. Yeah, Grealish, Grealish comes into play if you're a possession-based team, which we're not, and that's he's kind of suffered from that. You know, playing on the break, he's not the fastest. Of just, guys. The game just bypasses yeah. him, doesn't it? You know, he doesn't want to track back, but he just wants to get his foot on the ball and play, which it doesn't seem to be how we but, want to play. You but, know, as you said, we use uh, Davis as the out ball. Codger last year was the out ball. We sort of play quite back to front, which the players we've got, we should be playing through the field, which is what most teams who've come two Villa Park this year have tried to do that like yeah. Brentford completely passed us off the field but Bruce alluded in the post-match press conference against after Forest sorry uh, that now was going to be a time we were going to express ourselves and last season was all about becoming hard to beat Ooh, here we go right turn oh is that McCurdy yeah again yeah, looking pretty good Doyle Hayes is dominating the midfield yeah. again it's a great ball oh okay. So yeah, Bruce, what do you think about this making out that last season was about all about becoming hard to beat and this season's now, after he's got this first 11 down, now that we're going to express ourselves. Is he saying that because we've got two easier games coming up or do you think there's genuine intent? I, mean, I think he has to have intent. He's seven points off the top. You know, they're just about within touching distance still but he knows they've got to push on. They know they need a run sooner rather than later they don't want to get sort of you know, to sort of because uh, last season when we had a run but as, as we said at the time uh, too little too late wasn't it it was almost like walking a tightrope we were scraping through a lot of these games and you knew we weren't going to we weren't suddenly playing like Brighton or Newcastle at the time it, we, were, we could easily have lost any of those games and this is the problem we need to win more convincingly and that comes with dictating games and uh, imposing yourselves on it at the moment I think Barnsley difference in that game was in the first half was the two defences we looked pretty rock solid and they made two cock-ups because it was a kind of an even game yeah and they, they actually played the better football I think they, you know, they wanted to play and Forrest we allowed them straight back in the game and uh, they, they could have nicked a draw quite easily if you know Sam Johnson again come into our rescue one bit lucky the other one in the free here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. 
There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay, what, what do you think of Sam Johnson? I like him. I, th- I think he's, he's grown into his role. He's definitely getting more confident the more games he plays. I think having Terry with him at the back will help. Are you comfortable with Johnson? I think the jury's out to some people. I, th- I think he's getting better with games. I think he's still... Ooh. Oh, oh the road work again. Yeah. I think he's growing into his role. I still think he's got a mistake in him. Uh, and, he's, and I think, I think his think kicking's still needs to improve. His right, distribution yeah, yeah. is still very hit and miss. You know, the save the other night earned his wages alone. That's but what he's the, there to do. The free kick one. Yeah, and I feel very sorry for him, actually, because there's been no, no uh, multiple moments this year and loads last year where he'll have so little to do through a game yeah. because of an individual error. He picks the ball out of his net. Yeah. And even in pre-season, it was the same. You know, they make one mistake, it leads to a goal. He can't do anything about it. And you feel yeah. quite sorry for him. Yeah, yeah. But no, I think he's been pretty commanding. I mean, in terms of having a shop stop in performance, I mean, the Brentford game was that. Oh, we had a great game. That was man of the match, no problem. And then other games where he hasn't had that much to do, like against Barnsley, he, he did everything that was needed of him and he looked comfortable. And I think he now feels like probably feels in himself as a number one now. I think, as I said, having, you know, he's, he's used to playing with Chester. He's been with him for a while now. I think Terry will obviously help. You know, talk to him throughout the game and you can see that if you're close to the pitch you can hear Terry yeah. constantly in his ear like, and in the ears of the players sorry I'm just watching Doyle Hayes here he passes and moves gives the player he's just passed to an option straight away keeps which, moving he constantly which I, which moves which you don't normally see to be honest on this pitch well, he, look, he just looks really confident doesn't yeah. he and he wants to get involved all the time it was the yeah. same in the, uh, in the cup game against Wigan yeah, yeah. even against Middlesbrough the other uh, last week when we lost you know, he was the one sort of real positive to take from the, an otherwise quite forgettable yeah. evening then number 14 Max Sanders who's just come on looks pretty good He's, he just hit the bar five minutes ago I think they look like the side that went up last year you know, they're very technically good yeah. they play really open football they've got some good players yeah, you know, back in the day, I think Martin O'Neill's day, he, he was he had a team built for the counter, solid in defence and pace to burn up front. So you didn't mind having low possession, but this team, I think, has got the players to, uh, as we say, dictate. I think you play to your strengths as well. And I think you know that the side that O'Neill had, you know, you had a young Gabby who was very yeah. fast. You had John Carew who was dominant at that period in the air and you knew you had options on both wings really yeah, you know you yeah. had a young actually young you had Downing you had Milner you had one thing, I, the yeah, one thing I noticed uh, this filla compared to that filler is the wings used to swap around a lot back then they did yeah while they're a bit more rigid this time round do you think this is something that will uh, come once uh, this team plays together more? yeah I think once they get that understanding I think Especially, I think, the front four, especially, you know, with uh, sort of Codger, Davis, Snodgrass, Adome, right? I, th- I think they know they can move around. Yeah. I think Codger will probably find himself a role because it looks like Davis is the, the sort of the focal point of the attack. Yeah. So Codger's going to almost have to play something in between a number nine and a number ten. He's going to have to get involved in play a lot more rather than simply be a well, penalty one, box player. One, one thing we forgot to mention is I think Codger's first pass of his uh, Villa career. The glory pass. Beautiful, beautiful one. One for well. the cameras? Yeah, one for the cameras. Slide rule, I think, is the, uh, the football it was term gift for it. worthy. <laughs> I think that seems to be his role now. He's playing a lot deeper than, say, Davis, and he brings the ball. Ooh! I mean, we joke about it being his only pass, but I think there, there was a few uh, where he tried to take on the whole of the Forest defence, which is kind of entertaining, I think, for the fans anyway. I think it's fun if, if you... If there's something resembling an end product, people don't yeah. mind him wanting to express himself. As there's yeah. so so many of them who don't, you know, he's not afraid to try things, and I don't think anybody will ever knock him for that. But when there's obviously an easier pass on, you just think it's a really easy ball. Yeah. Just roll him in. It's very frustrating sometimes. I'm expecting him to. Uh, by the time uh, the full whistle blows at Villa Park when Bolton come, I, I'm expecting him to have scored his first goal of the season by then. I mean, you'd like to think so. You know, Bolton seem to be the proverbial whipping boys this year. You kind of wonder, would hope that we come out and really take the game to them and use it as a statement of intent. You know, we've got a lot of guys yeah. who want to play attacking football. We've got a team who are very low on confidence and really a poor side. As you would have gathered, because we are uh, recording this at the uh, Villa versus Brighton under. 23 games it's before we play away at Burton oh that works I've just used a teleportation gun a la like Rick and Morty and I'm now in a post Burton game future I just need now to summon Dan Rogers from the Villa Underground just one moment (laughs) he's like you're born again it's a dramatic entrance (laughs) 
<laughs> you join me in the future or the past. Just uh, left Chris Budd at Villa Park watching. Well, he's frozen now. He was watching the uh, under 21s against Brighton, uh, which was nil nil. Hmm. What he doesn't know is uh, at Villa win that game one nil. But we'll go back there uh, later on. I'm not going to tell him the score. I'll just uh, play along and record the rest of the show. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, uh, Villa four nil against Burton. What a cruise! Who saw that coming? Us. The Blitzkrieg. Well, we did, yeah. We knew that, as we've been saying, look, guys, none of this mass hysteria, guys. None of this, like, Bruce out just yet. I mean, we're not the biggest Bruce fans, but the best chance for Villa, the quickest chance for Villa to get promoted... Yeah, maybe not sacking him. It's not sacking him after three games or doing this game-to-game ultimatum. I mean, look at it. He hadn't had a chance to play his first 11 until Mm. uh, Mm. very recently. Codger coming back. Snodgrass just signed and obviously needed a couple of games to get rolling. And after three games, that the same team has started. And Mm -hmm. a team that in the last show or the show before we we heralded as finally Bruce has got a first 11. Three games, three wins. I mean, all those things you've just said have come together and context is very important because there, there are some people trying to force a narrative or an agenda of their own yeah unfortunately on like social media you've got some people on their own ego farts or like if they don't like bruce they just keep mm. going regardless of what's happening anyway sorry well but let's we've prided ourselves on trying to you know plow through the fake news and you know let's deal with facts we you know we've we've just won four nil at a bit of a canter away granted it's only at burton but you know, it's a team that we couldn't couldn't do on their pitch last season with four points off second so we're eighth now. Seven unbeaten, nine goals in three games. That's consecutive away ga- away wins. Yeah, you know, you got, and then you got other. It's good stuff, it is. Negatron alert! The season's away goals have been used up in one game. Recall McCormack. Recall McCormack. <laughs> This team's only played three games together, so they're going to get better and they'll start playing better. Well, hopefully. It's kind of the nature of football, but, I mean, Mm. compare it to last season away at Burton. We started well then, and Codger, who was our only goal outlet, scored, uh, I think it was Mm. after the third minute, but that game ended at one all, and Burton were pretty tough to crack. I think before this game, they'd won two, drawn one, lost one at at home. Mm. I think they Mm. beat the the Blues and beat Fulham. So, not an easy game, and one distinct thing is, uh, last time Codger scored the goal, and he was the only way that we could score last season this this time uh, all the other boys there's goals right through the team uh, apart from Codger ironically uh, well ironically yeah but, but and interestingly two of them two of them were lone players as well and I've often said well it's, it's no secret I think anyone who's watched the Villa for any length of time will know it. we've had some absolute duffers on loan to Villa yeah. over, over particularly the last six or seven years J- Jermaine Genus has always been my favourite Genus sticks in my mind there's a whole legend legend it was the one he was the guy who fell over the sprinkler and cost us about £600,000 wasn't it for nothing yeah in wages yeah. I mean just fast forward into where to the here and now the future you know Snog, you know, got players like Snodgrass coming into the team and game by game he looks sharper and more man of the match against Burton mm, you know played really well and we're starting to see him properly sharpen up game on game I think and yeah, throw into the mix as well Anoma so you know you've got a young promising up and coming player for Spurs who I've said before he looks like he could really go on to be a top top player but you know we can use him this season I think he's very much Villa's 12th man I mean to mm. use the phrase which is going to be the crowd but we have that first 11 but he's somebody who can actually play in that first 11 or is a very useful sub because he does offer you straight away energy but also directness so either he comes on for a forward to kind of you know shore up shop or he comes on also to push for if you need a goal uh, just taking the final part of the Burton game you know he's, he's, he's on the pitch for two minutes he's breaking behind Hogan the ball gets squared and he lashes it home that, that's exactly what we need and it was a great ball uh, before that uh, from Snodgrass to yeah. Hogan actually that set yeah. Hogan away and that's finally if we've got a player that actually can actually see the runs of Hogan that would be a, a massive bonus exactly I mean I, I said to uh, the guy sitting next to me at the, the weekend um, that Snodgrass a little bit reminded me of, of when Petrov first came to, to Villa and I'm, I'm not going to make comparisons to players like they're very they're very different players but Snodgrass yeah. was trying to make the types of passes that Petrov was trying to make when he first came to Villa and they weren't coming off for different reasons at the time but you've got a player there who expects to be able to make that defence splitting pass or you know take yeah. the set piece and score from it or create something for it and that's good because he's got confidence and you know, that extends to other players because I thought Al Mohamed he had another good tidy game and he's a player who has come, for, come under some scrutiny very early in his Villa career but you know two games two assists now and that's that says it all for me and 
Taylor had the most touches of the ball in the left-back position and he got forward a lot as well, noticeably more than uh, previous games, which for an away game is uh, encouraging. So I think that is that back four is pretty solid now and both of those full-backs, although uh, Elmo on the right side you'd expect to get forward, Taylor's mm. also uh, beginning to kind of offer a little bit more uh, going forward as well and both seem to be defensively sound, which has been an issue with Villa full-backs over the last few seasons. Well, Elmo's a, an obvious upgrade on Hutton for me, who I think has, has traded off um, sentiment for, for too long and uh, you know I'd never question the guy's effort but I've always been very much in favour of let's go with players that have got some quality, you know, and Al Mohamed is delivered two balls into the box that Hutton's never delivered. You know, yeah, and and Davis's goal uh, that got the party started was, yeah. was actually very similar to his one against Barnsley. But virtually kind identical, of a, really. Yeah, yeah header yeah. on the edge of the six-yard box. Great header. Pa- and powered power. in. Yeah, I what, love that. Really well, old-fashioned. Yeah, what I used to call a a Yang Cola header, where he just kind of (laughs) puts his head back and then, oosh! I mean, there was no stopping it, and a very satisfying header as well, wasn't it? And uh, I do like Davis, and that's, he's a nice, it's a nice problem to have, isn't it, that we've got this unexpected youngster who's, I mean, essentially cemented himself, I think that's his eighth consecutive game, or seventh or eighth consecutive game. I think think he's like a linchpin, he brings, Mm -hmm. he allows you to play Codger in a two, and he also brings in the Mm -hmm. midfielder, Sorry, the midfield. I mean, Horahan uh, was impressive in in the fact that he was playing a lot, playing really box to box, and he broke up a couple of their attacks, especially in the second half on yeah. the edge of uh, Villa's penalty box. So that, if Davis has got the ball, it gives Horahan just that little bit more time, and also Snodgrass to kind of get involved and obviously link up. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the other man on the side, who probably when he was told, "All right, Albert, you're going to have to play left wing," <laughs> probably had a few reservations about that. But he's been a revelation uh, in that position because he allows it, as we said last time. He he, he does come in. Yeah. He's, he's he's sometimes more central than Codger when uh, yeah. either Snodgrass or El- uh, Elmo's got it on the right hand side. He, he cuts really in central rather than linger on the back post as most people coming from the left side when the ball's on the right side would do. He he comes in very central. He's he's obviously sniffing for a goal and uh, playing yeah. as almost like a, an auxiliary striker. And, it, and his form is, is so much better than last season as well that, you know, I think he came in for some justified criticism because he was delivering assists, but he was he was woefully inconsistent. This season, he's just got better and better and better to this point. And I think against Burton, he, the best example was, was the, the fantastic second goal where he starts the attack from very deep inside our own half. There's great interplay between Hurahan, Davis, Snodgrass. And in that time, Adoma's made up more than half the length of the pitch to be, you know, uh, making the run in between the final defender and running onto the ball and finishing. But his, yeah. the threat he carries, I mean, he's the, what, the third top goal scorer in the division now. The assists as yeah. well speak for themselves. Guys, and I, I wouldn't want to be facing him. He's an absolute nightmare. No, it's all good. I mean, in the game, uh, Villa, one of the first games for a while, they haven't actually had 30% possession or around <laughs> 30%. It was a bit more even this time. I mean, even the shots, it was 10 each. Uh, obviously, Villa, uh, five shots on target and yeah. converted four of them, so a lot more lethal uh, with their finishing. What do you make of possession? Because, for, you know, I think just over the last five, six, seven years, we've had the Lamberts and, and the O'Neills and, and now the Bruces and Co. Is possession something that we can really even interpret it against? Because I'm not. If you know how a team, how your team plays, mm. like if Villa are a possession-based team and we control games, which uh, is something that we still do not do, Mm. and we're in the future now I think we talk about this on the podcast when we uh, get back to Villa Park in a few minutes <laughs> I think ah, we I'll do shut if, up in that case if, if my memory <laughs> serves me right but yeah if you control a game uh, then you obviously expect possession and if that's mm. I don't know just, I think we we talk about it we, in terms of we were averaging around let's say high 30% of mm. possession yet we have a team that's full of star players for the championship mm. and that's where it doesn't quite add up I mean when Martin O'Neill had a team which was set up for the counter and you looked at the statistics on possession you thought well okay we're on 40% but that's because that's how we play yeah yeah. So it's a bit kind of weird here because, as we've seen, I mean, these score lines, 4-0 against Burton, 3-0 against Barnsley, these are the type of sc- score lines I would expect Aston Villa, after the money they've spent, to start yeah. chalking up against yeah. opposition that haven't had the same resources or cash to play uh, by players. Newcastle yeah. and Brighton, they did run through a few teams last season. Yeah, absolutely. So possession, uh, if we're in the Premier League and we're battling to keep our head up against water, then I understand possession being low if we have a system. But I think we should have a little bit more control Mm. or so I say later on in this podcast anyway (laughs) 
But every game we go up one place. Uh, what I can't understand is how Nathan Baker's Bristol City keep staying above us. They're, they've, they're into some decent form at the moment, so uh, see how long they last. Yeah, they are. Uh, Sheffield United s- are doing pretty pretty decent as well. Yeah, I mean, they got the turn Wednesday over, didn't they? Yeah. I, I have to say the next couple of fixtures are set up very tastily indeed. I mean, we've got the... Is it going to... Is having Bolton at Villa Park, is it at our peril with them being firmly rooted to the bottom? Do you know the game I'm actually quite excited about now, though, is is that the Wolves game being on the horizon. Yeah, that, we, that we could... speak, we've spoken about this. Oh, okay. <laughs> We don't have to go into detail about anything else because we're just here to talk about the Burton game. You can go back to whatever you were doing and I can teleport back to Villa Park. <laughs> but first of all... <laughs> but first of all... Uh, so, Dan, uh, just a quick one before you go. Do you want to uh, enter the Football Supporters Federation Awards for this year for Best Club Podcast of the Year? I think we should. It would be rude not to. We're not going to win, people out there. But if you guys uh, can get us nominated, then at least that helps spread the word and some Villa fans will go, oh, that's nominated, so that must be uh, a decent enough listen. Uh, we'll leave the link in the uh, description of the podcast and also we'll put it out on the social media channels at Aston Villa Pod. It will appear there somewhere. You can also vote at the Football Supporter Federation Awards for other categories like Men's Player of the Year, Away Day of the Year, Blogger of the Year, Vote David Michael MyOnManSet.com I think you can choose your top three so you know where to put Dan Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Outside the top three Just looking they don't appear to have a category for me Uh... (laughs) Also like Newspaper of the Year Pundit of the Year etc etc There will be a link so give it a go and if we uh, get in there then we can all club together buy a table Where's the awards? It's at the Tower of London and we can all have ourselves <laughs> oh that would be good but Villa are doing well now so maybe this is a uh, the wrong venue it would have been the perfect venue uh, last oh. year or the, the, the last two years to be honest at least they read our feedback forms if nothing else <laughs> anyway we'll leave that one with you thanks in advance and if you enjoyed the show do drop us a comment as well on uh, Twitter anyway enough of this I need to get back to Villa Park because uh, Chris is sitting there in suspended animation so uh, where do you where do you want me to teleport you back the Champions League final please Aston Villa versus oh you want to go in the future you yeah, want to go in the years. future it's not far it's not far from now Tony Tony Jarre probably. could it be the oh, moment where Berke Bjarnason uh, scores the winning goal all right, okay, I'll send you there. Goodbye. Right, I'm going back to uh, Chris Bud. There's a saying in football, well, in the last five years of football, when you really need a win, who's the best team to play? It's normally Villa. But I think Bolton, are, they're so far gone that uh, I think even we can turn up at Villa Park and we've got to be beating them comfortably, surely. You would think. In terms of Bruce's first eleven, that would be the fourth game. They should surely should start to gel, and you know they'll be looking. They'll be looking to uh, blow Bolton out, surely. And I think you've got to fancy us to come and play on the front foot. You know, depending on how we do midweek at Burton, you would think they should be full of confidence. You know, you want to play like a team who is at home to bottom of the table. You know, with the sort of the firepower we've got going forward, we should be causing them damage. And I don't, I don't see in the Bolton side anyone who's going to cause the likes of Terry well, Chester problems. They're only two points have come away from home, so that seems to suggest they do have that plan, probably park the bus, two banks of four, and uh, they'll try to frustrate Villa. Which traditionally we frustrate ourselves pretty well, so it could be a long afternoon, but I think going into the international break, Villa have got to look to however you need to do it, just get the job done now. Come out of this week, you know, the seven-day period with nine points would be considered a really good week. Yeah, four wins, um, on, four wins on the four bounce. Four on the bounce, and you'd say we're kind of back on track. Depending on other results, you'd think to win the, the next two back-to-back, you should be back in the top six. Yeah. Suddenly the season starts from here, really. Well, into a hard month in October. Into the... Uh, well, there's only three games, but it's two two away derbies against Wolves and Birmingham. Which, so And then Preston as well. Those two derbies could go anyway, but I'd be expecting six points from that. I mean, the Wolves game will probably be the game of the month, if you can say that, above the Blues, because I don't think the Blues would have got their act together yet. 
I think the, the Wolves game, certainly on paper, is the, the first of what you'd call the big games like against somebody who you'd think come May is going to be there or thereabouts as well. You know, they've spent the money wisely. It's a really good test. Um, probably the first test of the season to really see where we're at in comparison yeah. to the teams around us. Lots of Wolves and Leeds you would think are going to be there. Cardiff looks strong, but they may... Yeah. fall away but I think those two especially they're going to be there or thereabouts yeah I think both of those teams have got intentions of uh, yeah, they've both bought they? really well yeah. I think they'll be looking to treat the game the same as we will yeah so I, I think October's when the season starts so uh, to actually get into it on the back of four wins I think by the end of top um, six I think we'll be very close to the top six if we're not in it by the uh, international break yeah and you, you, I think you people will know by the end of October having gone to Wolves and Blues and Preston who look tidy you would think you'll have a really good gauge of where we're at going into the Christmas period where that could be pivotal I think really with the the side we've got though moving forward Villa will look at keeping the momentum going knowing that once they click they could really go on a run in the second half of the season because we've we've spoken about this first 11 what, what have you been thinking about Josh and Omar I think similarly to because I like him. I think he's direct. He gets I think his he's, um, on the front. He's truck. everything you'd expect of a kid who's come through Spurs Academy. You know, yeah. technically very good. He's very strong, very athletic. I think it's Bruce's problem will be finding the role that's going to work for him. As I, as I said earlier, when you've got Grealish back, Hurahan as well, you're going to have three guys who all want to play in the same role. Yeah. Um, I think unlike the others, I think he can be a more traditional midfielder. Because what Bruce did uh, against Forest, obviously, he was protecting the league, but he, he brought him on for uh, a striker, brought him on for Codger, I think. So. Yeah, to close Ooh. to close the game out. Which suggests that if we play at a Leeds or Wolves, would you, do you think he'll go 4-4-2 at Wolves? You'd like to think he's going to be positive. Yeah. I think, you know, if you're playing a Whelan or a Yedinac, you know you've got that extra man to sort of give the back four a little bit of cover, but you've still got it, should have enough going forward to take the game to teams, especially with the likes of Davis and Kodji, you know, you, do, you know you don't have to play through the field too much. Yeah. We can play on the break a little bit more away from home. We're actually creeping up to full time here. And before we go, uh, what's your assessment of the game? Uh, Villa, sorry, we missed the goal actually, but it's 1-0. We didn't miss it, we saw it, but we didn't record it. Good finish by the captain, Mr yeah, Johnny. Jordan Lydon. Jordan Lydon. He looks to be on his way out of the club come January if... Uh, Reports are to be yeah, that believed. Could be his parting gift. Who's impressed for you? I think Doyle Hayes. Yeah, I like again, him. he looks a really tidy player. He's, he's technically the best player on the field. Yeah, I think you know he, he gets his head, gets his head up, looks up, picks a pass, doesn't give the ball away, which can't be said for a few of the guys in the first team. I think Oop. Leiden's put a shift in, as he always did when he was in the first yeah. team. To be fair, I think the the real sort of uh, well, is it a surprise? But Bree hasn't really stood out. Completely forgot about him. Yeah, he doesn't stand out. He's not one of these guys who's like sort of physically dominates yeah. or. Uh... Although it's funny you, you say that. I remember we recorded this podcast here at Villa Park for I think it was Villa Celtic, and I think there was like Elphick, Gabby, Tishbola, and, and none of them stood out either. And it was an under twenty threes game. I think actually that was the first ever Villa podcast to be recorded at Villa Park. This one could be the last. But I think the first ever podcast uh, to be recorded at Villa Park was uh, Bradford City. Those guys, I forgot what the show's called, but uh, pretty pretty funny guys. That's a great run. Oh, that's unlucky. Yeah, so Brighton player just beat about three Villa players there. And I think Sullivan's but, actually stood out as well tonight. He looks yeah. a really assured centre-back. I think he's going to be another one who's sort of knocking on the door come May. It's just whether he gets the chance. He actually went, went close in the first half, almost scored. So he, uh, he looks good on the ball as well. Yeah, I think he's obviously, you know, he featured heavily for the England uh, was in the 19s yeah. and 18s in it the looks, summer. He looks and, quite uh, slight for a uh, Yeah, he does. I think he's more of a footballer, isn't he? Yeah, he really wants to get down and play, doesn't he? Yeah. Which uh, is rare for... There you go. Yeah, he's pretty, really composed. Yeah, very composed. He just took it off the winger, but instead of just hoofed it, he would suddenly look like he had all the time in the world. Very composed. Uh, Doyle Hayes uh, was chatting about this at half-time. Uh, do you think he's got the physique to carry on? Or I mean, he's, was he 18, so he's still got time on yeah, his side? Yeah, I but think he, he's going to have to... He's one of those players that looks like a teenager. Yeah, he's, he's kind of, you know, he's fine when he's got the ball, but you just look at him and think he's not going to knock anybody off the ball in the first team. Yeah. Which, for the, for the position he plays, 
he's going to need a bit more physical presence. So look at look at somebody like Stephen Davis, who uh, Martin O'Neill probably thought the same thing that he didn't have that kind of you know physique, but he went on to be like a top man at Southampton and you know captain Northern Ireland team in a European Championship. So I mean, uh, traditionally we do get it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> when we get it wrong, we get no, it wrong. Cahill, <laughs> exactly, and others. But I think Doyle Hayes has definitely got a career in front of him. It's, but I think he will need Villa to what we were talking about earlier on, play a bit more possession-based football because he's somebody who could keep it ticking, and he plays plays quite deep as well. So he could be uh, the man we're looking for in that department. I think he's just going to need like, you know, like a few of the the lads do they're all going to need an opportunity and they're going to need games and I just I look at how Bruce wants to set the team up this year and the players he's bought and he really doesn't want to take any risks and I don't yeah. think he, he knows he can't afford to as well and I think this year if he has a run anything like they had last year in January February he knows he'll be out on the yeah. scrap heap really yeah. so he needs to get it right this year yeah I think if, if he didn't win Barnsley and Forest there would be a different scenario going on at the moment yeah I think after the you know the back-to-back nil-nils at home in a week yeah. I think the, you know, the fans patience as he, as he talks it about hysteria was running thin. Not only the results, but obviously you know, the performances and the lack of yeah. lack of signs of improvement. Really, after a year. Good thing about these under twenty three games is you don't have to knock off early to beat the traffic because there is no traffic. Still, there's more here tonight than there was against Middlesbrough in the uh, the League Cup. Wouldn't you agree? Empty seats, my lord. <laughs> and on that note. Don't forget, if you want to support the show, become a My Old Man Said patron. Go to myomansaid.com. And you'll find all the details there on the menu bar. Just click on Patreon. But until then, thank you very much, Chris, for joining me on this probably the last... Mild? Yeah, it's probably the last mild evening fixture that we'll get at Villa Park. But until next time, it's goodbye from me, and it's goodbye from him. Goodbye. My old man said... Negatron alert. Villa winning the championship is papering over the cracks. Prepare for Premier League relegation. Prepare for Premier League relegation. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The number one selling product of its kind with over 20 years of research and innovation. Botox Cosmetic, Autobotulinum Toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.